0: Hello everyone and welcome to The Two
1: One Show. A show for the 21st century youth, where we productivity,
2: wellness and human condition.
1: Thank you subscribe and leave us a review, and that to find your podcast.
2: Also send us a mail at info at the two one And
1: follow us on any of our social media platforms at The Two One Show. Thank you.
2: Hello everybody, welcome to the 2-1 show, where we discuss productivity, wellness, and human condition, and many other things. My name is Benjamin Sophan, and I'm here today
3: with Teresa Teresa, That's how you do.
1: Ben, I'm fine, and you? So, one, so how was the week? Oh, that's been cool.
3: We
2: in a mission for the U.S. elections. It's here end. Those of us who are not U.S. people, of mm. the states, we are enjoying the Oh, uh, a lot of news come. I mean, just when we about starting our a news bulletin. that was saying the incumbent president, I think um, mm-hmm. President Trump, has had two of his petitions denied by I think Georgia and another city. When they them stop counting the votes, and mm-hmm. I think he's he's been he's been denied. So that's just a bit mm-hmm. of uh, that's just a bit of uh, info there if you have no um, idea on it. And, it's seven five p.m. in Ghana now, and Assad now. Um, Vice President Joe Biden is leading Donald Trump by two hundred sixty-four cities 60 to two hundred forty. I think mm-hmm. when you get to two seventy, you eventually become the president. So, former Vice President Joe Biden is six votes away. My man, my man is earns <laughs> <laughs> a couple of votes, so he's fifty-six votes. So, you're the best person wins. Sure, you're the best person. So,
3: what are we talking about today? I'm
1: talking about the youth in politics today. I actually have a lot of interest in this stuff. because for some time when I was a little younger, I was quite interested in politics so much. But as I, I was growing, I think maybe my interest too or something. Oh, wow. So, um, I'm actually anticipating for tonight. And then I know I'm going to enjoy this show. And maybe see if my interest for politics will rise again <laughs> or something. So... I'm really here to experience an amazing show tonight. And so, you're also listening to us, also looking forward for an exciting show. Tonight.
2: So, our first assignment is to make sure we really reignite you with your passion to um, be in politics. So, <laughs> if you're saying us a question or a contribution, let's target Teresa's desire to be in politics.
3: <laughs> we can, uh, we can have some political <laughs> politics every week, and of course, you. I, I'm gonna have a, a, a minister show every Wow, that's
2: fine. So, um, it's, a, it's an election year. Mm-hmm. I feel like I hear this all the time. You don't think about it, and it's four years apart. it's an election year, but I feel like, um, every year is an election year, mm-hmm. every year an election year because no matter when you say it's an election year, you are either voting for for something, maybe personally in your own life, or you are voting in the community for an assemblyman, or as a delegate you are voting for who becomes your next member of parliament. So mm-hmm. I feel like every year it's an election year, but um, no matter when you say that, when you say that, it's true. It's true because we're usually voting for something else. Like so I know most of us, if you if you've been here for a while, you know our show is not, our show is not a political show. Sure. Yeah. Our show is not a political show. Those of us who've been here, who've been listening to us on the board, if you have been listening to us on the live as well, we know we rarely talk about politics. But this year, since, I, since it's quote-unquote an election year, we felt, and then we also observed a couple of things that that, that runs to, uh, last weekend, we had a massive float in Kumasi. And I, I wasn't part of the float, but I saw a couple of videos and I could see a lot of the younger people Going out there to, to actually show who they support. And I feel I'm seeing this a lot as compared to the older days where you, you only talk about politics from what your dad have said the day before or the evening before. Mm-hmm. So I feel younger people are actually um, gradually getting in on this political game. So today we're going to discuss um, local, national and international politics. I really started with the US elections where, and stay, stay tuned. If, if there's any um, updates today, I'm going to you, I'm going to give. Since you are doing politics, but I as do all the kinds of politics that we have. So, today we
3: are discussing,
2: as I said earlier, on local, national, and international and we thought we should bring someone in to do that with us. So, in, in a GFE, we're going to have our guest on the show. But some of the things we talk about on the show today is, um, aside the youth in politics, obviously, is the outrage and divisive nature of our current political parties. The and how. Divisive here. Yeah. Um, we're going to look at some of the comments and some of the things that divisiveness our political environment. Now, we're also going to look at um, the disarray and turmoil created by tribalism and tribalism and, part- and partisan politics.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And we're going to do that today with today's guest, Mr. Noah Ephraim Tete Adamte. He is a podcaster and he's the host of the ac Three Six Five
3: Podcast. Past, which very soon we are going to read out you guys to join us there, myself, him, and a lot of others. There is going to be a guest on the show,
2: <laughs> so now, that's who we actually are. So let's
0: do this now. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the show, sir. Hello, Benjamin. Thank you for having me, and good evening to you and then your other panelists. Please, how are you doing? How are you doing? Well, I'm doing. I'm doing very well. I'm listening in earlier. I heard you talking about the US elections. I'm mm-hmm. also paying particular attention to it. Yeah, so I'm doing well, but that is also <laughs> keeping me um, a little emotional. But we are, we are on it. Yeah. I hope you're also <laughs> doing well.
2: I'm doing pretty, pretty awesome. And thanks for, for being here. So thank you. Thank you for having yeah. me. Sure. All right. So, um, what, what's, what were your expectations for the, the, the elections? Or Is going well? Is our expectations going well?
0: No, 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 no. I'm, I'm a huge supporter of Trump. Um, really? So I'm a, I'm a little disappointed.
3: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can't wait for a friend of Trump. Trump.
0: to grab you, grab you right now on the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love Trump for a different reason. Um, not not necessarily for who he is as a person. For us, for that, okay. totally, I, I don't agree with some of his utterances and even his political posture. But then... Okay. Uh, As someone who believes in philosophy, sometimes I I want to understand a person, not just from what he does, but for the reason why he does some of the things he does. And I think if you make an introspection into Trump's life, you understand some of the reasons why he acts the way he is. And if we are to align that with his political mindset, you you, you appreciate that as someone who sees only America and not the world at large, you understand why he does some of the things he does. Okay, The Democrats are presumably portraying a more global idea, but Trump is more America-centered. So outside, we may not really like Trump, but I think for the American, for the ordinary American, I think his policy speaks speaks to the American than to the world at large. And that's where we may have some differences. So not liking him as a person, but I think what he stands for for America, that's what I believe in. If you have African leaders standing for Africa the way Trump does, I think Africa will develop. Oh, okay. So,
2: guys, these are many other things views are are, are, are we are gonna have on the three six five the Act three six five podcast. So, you, you all you all should answer. Yeah, definitely for this podcast. <laughs> sure. Definitely. Um. So, definitely. um, let's look out a little bit about our politics. I feel we usually hear people say, "Look, I don't want to be political," but. I feel politics, if you look at the root word of politics, which says the affairs of the people, I feel everything in this world is like, it's politics.
0: Or what do you think? That's my mindset about politics. You know, politics is, people don't want to do politics because when we think of politics, we think of partisanship. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I like the fact that you began with the root meaning of the word politics. Mm-hmm. Now, currently, if we are tracing civilization of the world, we can trace almost everything about the world to the Greeks. Now, okay. the Greeks had independent cities, and in those independent cities, they they referred to those independent cities as polis, which is okay. a city-state. Now, with the polis, decisions had to be made regarding the affairs of every polis. So, for example, Athens and the rest, there had to be decisions made when it comes to the governance of such states. So okay. politics comes out from that word polis, which is the city-state, which is activities that affect the state. Okay. Now, you should also remember that cities are not just the landmass or states are not just the landmass. States are people occupying a particular place. Okay. So even though polis refers to the city, politics refers to activities in a city that affects the people. So what okay. you must understand is that when we speak of politics, we are speaking of every decision or indecision that will affect you as an individual. Now, until okay. we make understand that politics is about this, people will shy away from participating in politics. People will think about politics as being either in it's MPP or CPP. And because okay. of how it separates us, okay, how disagreements in politics separates us, it makes it unattractive to people who feel that I don't want to have qualms or issues with someone else, that I don't want to do politics. But we must break politics down to the ordinary person to understand. Politics is everything that affects you, from your freedom to speak, from your freedom to board a car to your workplace. All of these are affected by decisions, and all of these decisions fall in line with what we call politics. So we must see politics in that broader sphere and not just limited to partisanship. So it is partisanship which is not... Attractive to people, not politics-based. Yes, that we mix the two. Okay,
2: because people feel like this thing is rather um, divisive than unifying us. Because if I'm yeah. going to support one person and I'm going to lose um, my friends, I'm going to lose, um, let's say, the people I'm close to. Then
0: I might as well just not be objective. Yeah, you know, you yeah. see, it's a very interesting point, and most people, and I've had a lot of very prominent politicians and even political philosophers talk about the fact that some of these divisions affect politics negatively, but I don't believe that. Mm -hmm. Politics itself is a matter of compromise and consensus to solve conflict in society. So Mm -hmm. politics itself is divisive and we must embrace that. We cannot shy away from the fact that politics is divisive. We all cannot agree to do one thing. For example, even within the NPP, within the NDC, there are different opinions when it comes to taking particular decisions, and that's all politics. We must understand that politics itself should be divisive; it should separate us. But the problem is when our separation puts us at polarized positions, so that we cannot reconcile our differences to push the state forward. We must we must clearly come to the table with different opinions no, I think things should be done this way. I think things should be done this way. But then if we are able to agree that, okay, even though I think it should be done this way, so far as the way that you are pushing makes more sense then I should forget about my position and then join you. If you're able to agree on that level, then politics will be attractive. But we shouldn't shy away from the fact that we would we would have different opinions when it comes to politics. That should be embraced. That should actually be embraced.
2: So I think I think then we should come we should come with a mindset that um, there's always going to be someone who's challenging our ideas. But we need to come to a table, definitely, and check, um, compare our ideas and contrast them. We might even pick at one or two from exactly there. that would change our whole um, idea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so now let's look at some yeah, of the reasons that's I basically what we have to do i think one reason i was even speaking to someone today and one reason that we all agreed on was the fact that i think is people don't want to be political because they feel look the people in there are not showing let's say a religion i'm in. i'm into so it's more like when i join them i'm rather um
0: promoting what they are doing at the detriment to what I was supposed to believe in. Yeah, and and that is also very crucial, and that's that's something we must also embrace. Now the problem we have is that when we think of politics, we are always thinking of the fact that people should think the way I think. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Now politics, when it comes to choosing who to lead, and and let me let me also emphasize that we must separate the two, even though there is a point that the two will meet. Politics is not only just about choosing leaders. Mm -hmm. Choosing leaders is just an aspect of politics. Now, if you look at our traditional system, um, if you look at before the advent of the Europeans, um, Africa had or we in Ghana, we had our own political systems. We had Mm -hmm. our chiefs leading us. And these chiefs were not chosen through the ballot. Just a few people or in some communities, just the queen mother, decide who should become the chief or the king. Okay. you get it. So choosing a leader is just an aspect of politics. Now, we must separate choosing a leader from the whole sphere of politics. Or we shouldn't make choosing a leader to be all that politics is about. So that if someone thinks that for me, my reason for choosing someone to be a leader is because... He's in the same church with me. You should not condemn it from your position. That, to me, I yeah. think that's too unimportant in every society. And, and I'm very, very happy that the American election is bringing this out. Now, sure. America has a high literacy rate again, mm-hmm. But look at the voting pattern in America. There are certain communities that are highly liberal. They vote Democrats. Are you mm-hmm. going to say that those people are not educated? No. Mm-hmm. We must always understand that the reason why people make decisions when it comes to choosing their leaders will be different throughout the entire state to someone, it will be how handsome the person who is running for the position is or how beautiful okay. the leader is. Person that I want someone beautiful or handsome to represent me. <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm not saying that is the best yardstick to choose a leader, but okay. that is the person's position. What we must do is to look for a way to inform such a person to look beyond beauty or handsomeness in choosing a leader. But if we sit back and just criticize the person, that person will remain in that state and choose his or her leader based on that. So what we must do is understand that everyone and his reason for choosing a leader. Okay. And we shouldn't be hypocritical about it. If my family member is running for office, there is a 90% chance I'll vote for that person than choosing someone else. Irrespective of their values. Irrespective of their values. I'm not saying I'll, I'll vote for that person, but I'm saying there's a high probability that I'll go with that person. Uh-huh. You get it. Yeah. Now, there should be a way for you to educate me, not through formal education, but through what you are bringing on board to attract me, to shun my family member to choose you. Okay. But when we are not putting that across, and we are saying, that's what this person is, Ashanti, and I don't have to go and speak to him because he's definitely going to choose NPP. then don't get it wrong if that person chooses NPP. But that's the person's way of choosing a leader. That's how the person has been brought up. Okay. And I always say this, human beings are a component of two things. They are biology and then they are geography. Where a person is born and who a person is born to usually determines who a person is. Until so the person is able to free himself from these obstacles through other things that will happen to him in life. That's his experience. So okay. most of us are born in Christian families and we end up being Christian but nobody challenges us that we should change our mind as to our religion. Nobody tells us that. that oh, leave leave that. We, we barely hear that argument. And politics and religion are almost the same thing when it comes to how individuals make their choices. So until you're able to evangelize to someone to choose Islam over Christianity, person will not make that decision. It's the same way until you're able to evangelize to someone to use a different yardstick in choosing his leader, he will never change from what he already believes in. So, we must okay. actually move towards that okay. in educating people to make decisions based on what you think are important values, else people will stick to whatever that they believe in. Oh, okay. 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 I think, I think that's, that's hitting the nail right on me. But
2: now, unless you, 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 you landed on, um, the Ashanti kind of thing, but I feel like now, ethnicity and tribalism is more of the leading divisive thing in. Our politics today. In America, it was Black Lives Matter. And in Ghana, every day we are hearing people assuming the president said this, assuming the, the, the running mate said this, assume, and it all has to do with political alliance and tribal tribalism. How do we
0: move from, from that? Okay, so as, as I said initially, mm-hmm. okay, politics is a very broad thing. Several yeah. things determine how people choose whoever they want to support. Now, we must understand that politics is also culture Mm -hmm. and culture is also created by what people have gone through historically. So let me say, let me use these two countries to make my, let me even use these three countries to make my arguments. Let me use England. Let me use the USA and then let me use Ghana. Now, England is monarchical. So in England, if you look at most of the political theories that emanated from England, Most of them believed in absolute power in a person or in an institution. Now, the founding fathers of America left England because they wanted freedom. Freedom was the main reason they left Left. England to where we have today as U.S. So that will mean that the political culture of America will be pursuing what? Freedom. That's how Americans are going to see politics. So anything that tries to restrict them from their freedom, Americans are naturally going to agitate against that. That's why the American election is determined by who is restricting freedom. That's what determines the atmosphere in America before every election. If you study every election America has gone through, before the election, what determines who wins is the person's idea about freedom. So now, Trump is very unpopular because of the Black Lives Matter argument. Trump is very unpopular because of his racist remarks. Trump is very unpopular of his anti-feminist remarks and all of that. You get it. That's what is determining the political landscape in America now. Because America was founded on pursuit of what? Freedom. Now, we must ask ourselves, what was the culture before Ghana embraced democracy? Now, before Ghana embraced democracy, we were having individual states or kingdoms that fought one another to get, let me say, control over other vassal states and other communities in the country. So the Ashantis were fighting wars. The Ashantis were conquering the neighboring states. The Ghans fought wars. The Fantis aligned themselves with the British to fight wars. We must not forget this history. Traditionally, the communities which were in Ghana before the Europeans came were at loggerheads with one another. They were not unified. So ethnicity is always going to be a mainstay when it comes to choosing a leader. We cannot move away from that. We cannot move away from that. So when it comes to choosing our leader, the Ashantis, and, 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 and I wouldn't say our problem, even though it's unfortunate and it's a problem, but it is also part of our political nature, so you must embrace it. Our problem is that, unfortunately for Ghana, Our political parties have found an attachment to the ethnic situation in Ghana. Okay. So MPP is seen to be more Akan, not just Ashanti. Permit me to use Akan. So MPP is seen to be more Akan. NDC is seen to be more votarian. Or, as I always argue with my friends, NDC is seen to be more minority-oriented. NDC is not more votarian. Okay. But NBC is seen to be the one who stands for those who the Ashantis or the Akans think they are better than. That's the narrative. Uh-huh. Now, uh-huh. Ashanti, Ashanti was in control over almost all of northern and a huge part of southern Ghana before the advent of the Europeans. Now, yeah. when someone subdues you, the presumption that that person thinks he's better than you. And that yeah. thing has continued even up to this time. So most sure. of these minority, let me say, mm-hmm. ethnic groups, yeah. Few or actually that Ashantis or accounts think they are better than them. That's it may be answer. true. It may not be true. I, I I don't want to argue that now. Okay, but that is the mindset. Whether people like it or not, subconsciously that thing is there. Okay. Yeah. So when someone is MPP and because MPP is somewhere attached to their Ashantis, when someone is MPP, ordinarily someone will think if I'm Volterian or if I'm um, I'm from let me say Northern Ghana subconsciously, I will feel this person thinks he's better than me. Better than you are, and yeah. so our rather choose to be our rather choose to be NDC and side with that person. That is our problem. That is our problem. So for us to change that we must look at changing the narrative and that means changing the political culture of Ghana from yeah. it being more ethnocentric to it being more policies and value centered. And that yeah. comes to education. You see, it will not change over time until the literacy rate in Ghana grows tremendously and it is able to break even educated people. In, 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 let, let me put that in comments. Uh, educated people break us from the chain of ethnocentrism to choosing policies and values. Ghana will still be on that particular tangent. we we'll choose our leaders based on ethnicity. And we will argue over it, but it will change nothing because it is not just a matter of NBC MPP. It is a matter of our cultural inclination, which was there before the Europeans came to, okay. to Ghana. So that is where the arguments must be. So the political scientists in Ghana should bring these arguments out. Now, right now, because of education, I'm seeing a lot of voters who are MPP. Mm-hmm. I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked because most of them who are voting who are MPP, is because they are educated. Okay. I, 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 don't, I don't want to um, sanitize that part of my speech, but that is the mm-hmm. truth. It's because most of them are educated. Now, you find so many Ashantis now to who are NDC. Sure. It's because they are also educated. Do you get it? So when education or our literacy rates or our education grows, mm-hmm. people will start choosing their political affiliation not based on their ethnic culture but now based on what they have come to see political parties represent and not the, polit- not the ethnic group that they are, they, are, they are attached to or they are inclined towards. And that is when we are actually going to see a change in our political demography. Okay, sure. So I think basically
2: we, we, we are saying that you need to actually um, have your values as a person and find a party that, you, that aligns to your values and not just because the party uh, is in support of your ethnic group or any other thing. Exactly, no, exactly. That's what okay. that, that that's what we must actually look at. Yeah. Okay, I want to get your take on this one. And now it's now it's more like everyone is voting, and in yeah, you know, I think in like forty something days, thirty or forty something days, Ghana is going to go to the polls. And now it's yeah. You know, what speak to is more like, look, these two guys are not giving us anything. So I'm just I'm just closing my eyes. Whoever my hand touches first, I just give it to them, and I'm so just come back because I've. I, it's almost like these guys is just a replica of each other, and they are just replicating mm-hmm. what they are doing, and they are just giving flimsy excuses. Is there a need for a strong political party? Because if it, a strong third force, because now it's almost like it's just we know that. Um, I mean, we, we are not there yet, but we know that after this master it's either it's, it's either going to be. Um, NPP maintaining their seats or NDC coming to work, them, and we know these guys down there are giving us 0.2 and 0.3 and 1.2 and do you think there's a need for a strong third force so that we, we, we can actually see people
0: giving us what we really need <laughs> that, 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 that's a very interesting question the, the, the truth of the matter is that it is very possible for us to have a third strong political force But if I'm going to be very honest with you, through my reading and in my research on political history in a lot of countries, it may happen in the next 70 years or the next 80 years. Now, the reason why I'm making that projection is this. As I stated earlier, unfortunately Mm -hmm. for us, our political parties are attached to the very thing that's divided us culturally for a very long time, that's ethnicity. Okay, so if there is going to be a third political party, that political party must find another ethnic group that it is going to stand for, and that is almost impossible. Mm-hmm. Like a okay. strong hold on, and 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 that is almost impossible. Now look at our political landscape. NPP can win an election in Ghana by winning just three regions. Mm-hmm. NBC can NBC can win the remaining regions and still lose an election. That 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 should tell you something that. Our our ethnic inclination when it comes to politics is very strong because Ashanti region, Eastern region is heavily NPP and it's because of ethnicity. Voter region and the Northern regions are heavily NDC. So if there is a political party entering, that political party, in my view, cannot take Ashanti and Eastern region It will be very difficult. That political party may have to take the northern region, and that will not weaken the stronghold of NPP. That will weaken the stronghold of NDC. So that political party will be a force that will not be as strong as the NPP, and it will make NDC also not as strong as the NPP. So NPP will win almost every election. It's just weakening one
2: (laughs) for one to just exactly okay.
0: Exactly. That's what I'm anticipating that in the next 70 or possibly 80 years, okay. when politics has substantially and not completely, it will never completely move away from ethnicity. It wouldn't. Because there are professors in Ghana who vote based on ethnicity. I'm telling you this. Of course, We've all been in tertiary institutions and all of that. And we know that people, even that we have sat in class with and we believe are so learned, still vote based on ethnicity. So it's not going to change completely. But substantially, maybe in the next 70 to 80 years, when Ghana is more educated, people may now make decisions not based on ethnicity. That is when, if we have an individual whose personality and whose ideal is appealing to a huge majority of of Ghanaians, that person may be an independent candidate, or that person may be in a very smaller political party now, and that person may win an election. So it is very, very far fetched, and it's going to be a very long time. It's possible, but it is highly improbable in the in the shortest possible time.
2: There's a question that um, we we want to answer before we finally leave the 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 first section, and the question says: If my values don't align with these two strong parties or any strong any two um, parties who are strong in any country, is voting for a third a third party a wasted vote. It's not,
0: actually, but it also is. <laughs> I always say this to my friends because choosing leaders, okay, it's, it's difficult for people who have not understood partisanship. Okay. Now, we make partisanship seem like it is destroying politics, but huh? partisanship is actually what holds politics. Okay. Now, if you ask, and I've done, I've done this survey, If you ask about 100 young Ghanaians, the political ideology of NPP and the political ideology of NDC or CPP, they wouldn't be able to tell you because we've not been able to educate ourselves as to the political ideologies of such parties. And these parties have also not been able to sell their ideology to us, unfortunately. So when I am choosing a, a person to vote for, I look at possibly what is in the NDC manifesto, what's in the NPP manifesto, and I say, I don't like what NPP is saying. I also don't like what NDC is saying. Then maybe let me choose CPP. That is where the problem is. Now, if you understand NDC's ideology and you compare it or you align it to their manifesto, it will tell you whether NDC will do what they say they will do or whether they wouldn't even do it. They are just saying it to to, to just get the votes. That's what we must look at it from Okay. Exactly. Now, when it comes to choosing the third party, you must convince yourself that that third party you are choosing, the reason you are choosing it is because you think it can win. If you think it can't win, then our advice that you choose between NBC and NPP, the lesser evil, because that is when it will be what a wasted ballot. Okay. Okay. But the reason why I I also say that it will not also be a wasted ballot, is that throughout political history, third parties have always been the resort to send a signal to the dominant political parties. Look, if in the next election, a third political party is able to amass 5% of the votes, it will send a signal to both NDC and NPP. And whoever wins will definitely look into how that third party was able to encroach on this vote in a particular way. So what has occurred in the, in, the, in the revolutions in France, even in the U.S. over the years, and even now as it's happening, is that people who vote for third parties are people who are encouraged to do that, to inform the Democrats and the Republicans that certain ideas that they preferred in the time before the election did not sit down well with their people, and therefore they must, what, reassess their, their, their values. So, for instance, no. let, let, let me say this, this, this thing, which is very funny. If you're in a relationship with, 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 with someone, uh, a guy or a lady, let's say, a romantic relationship. Now, most people, um, I don't want to say ladies do that at most, because I know a lot of guys also do that, but most people in relationships get close to someone else, okay, because the person they are in the relationship in may not be giving them their attention. And a lot of times, they are not with the third party because they love the person. That's the reason why they move to the third party. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they just want to send a signal to their, their lover, if I may put it that way. And if you are a lover and you see your partner moving towards someone else, the right thing to do is to ask yourself whether I'm doing something wrong. That is pushing the person away. So ordinarily, that's how political let me say political promiscuity is seen mm-hmm. okay in, in um, among people who are more connected to a political ideology they flirt with a third party only to send signal or primarily to send signal to their political spouse as to what they are doing wrong in a in a, in a particular dispensation so that is what we guys are going to use the PNCs, the cpp's and the rest for in the next 10 or 15 years. Most guidance are going to choose CPP to tell NBC and NPP that if you don't change your ways, you have another option. But it will not really be that majority of them are going to choose the PNCs and then the CPP. So if you are a person who is choosing to vote for that third party, this will definitely be one of your reasons. So you should wear it. It's a wasted vote if you go there because they will definitely not win. I don't want to mince words. But it will help you send a signal to the main political parties, that if they don't set up, there is a possibility that we will go for this third political week. Okay,
2: okay. I think my, my, my pretty answer to the question is also, also, just basically what you're saying, and, and I link, uh, I was telling Twitter this morning, if I ever went to a restaurant and all they had was two items on the menu, I was, and I didn't like any of them, I would just walk out. So if you want yeah. Actually, change um what you what you don't like. It's either you. I, I I strongly believe that I rather vote for the person and let the person know I don't like this. I just voted for you. So if you don't change, then next time you're not going to get my vote. So it's either yeah. you. It's either you don't vote to show a signal that you don't like. I don't like the two men. I don't like the two items on the menu, or you leave the restaurant for the restaurant owner to know that. Look, I'm losing profits because of just. Just two items on the menu, so I think it goes both ways. There's no sorry, it's it comes down to you,
0: what you really want yeah. to do, yeah, yeah. sure. And then okay. based on what based on what mm-hmm. you just said, let me let me just say this thing shortly. Now okay. you see one also one problem I've also seen about the Ghanaian political um, landscape, mm-hmm. if I put it that way, is that when it comes to Ghana, elections are just to gather votes, so okay. elections only speak as to who we want to be president or who want to be a parliamentarian and that's all. Now, if you follow the American politics, mm-hmm. it is used to also gauge people's perception about very pertinent social issues. So if you look at certain states, they are not just voting for Trump and Biden. They are voting for whether to accept um, LGBT rights, um, abortion rights, and all of those stuff. Yeah, sure. Now, if our, if our collection of votes is also used to collect some of these data, we will be able to measure the political landscape very well. And that will let political parties take very good decisions when they win their mandates. Okay. Because you're not able to tell the political parties the reason why people voted for them. They always think that this is my stronghold and they will definitely vote for me. Because now, for voter regime walked away from NDC in the last election. If you look at the turnout. Most of yeah. them didn't vote. It said, why didn't they vote for NPP? But they just stuck with NDC. And they, they just she decided not vote to vote. Yeah. That's, that should tell us something. That between NDC and NPP, there was a strong NDC affiliation to the votarians that was either NDC or no one else. So if it's not NDC, I'm not choosing anyone. So mm-hmm. if we had gathered data and they decide not to vote for the persons, they may have voted on something. So, why didn't they vote for why didn't They vote for NDC? And they may have said that, well, we did not like what Muhammad did on this, 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 and that. Then it will inform NDC that, okay, then this is what we can do to get our people back. Then people also know, oh, okay, then in the voter region, this is what we can do to get them to, to maybe move from just only staying for the NDC and then choosing us. So, just like you rightly said, when you go to a restaurant and then there are just two things on the menu and you don't like, you have two options. Either you walk out and say nothing or you tell the person that if you're able to put this on the menu, I may actually want stay and then eat from the police. If you're able to use elections to also gather this data, it's also going to help voters in choosing who they actually want
2: to vote for. Oh, okay. Okay. I think that's that's pretty solid. And um, the answer to the question is is, is also solid. So, no, answer the second question. Why want us to look at um, ideas people have in money. Politics. Before we come to the youth in politics, now um, I think one reason why people are really disinterested in, especially due to political parties that have had opportunity to see, is the fact that they they spend a lot on trivial things. Let's let's assume the amount involved in picking um, your nomination forms or whatever it is before you, before you become the president. It could feed people, especially in these times of Corona COVID nineteen. But then we are spending it on, on on sheets, a couple of sheets. That's, and then uh, Teresa Th- 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 even says, these guys are not going to win. So why do they actually go there and then pick it anyway? So money in politics, I think, um, would there ever be a, a point where we have a minimalist kind of politics in
0: Ghana? We, 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 we can aspire to get there. Definitely, we can aspire to get there if we put measures in place. But looking at the measures we have in place now, we 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 can't achieve that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, political parties are incorporated, so they are they are companies, but they are not profit-making companies. Okay. So they cannot do business to to make profits. Okay. But then they must fund their activities. Okay. So what that will mean is that political parties must look elsewhere to raise funds to fund their activities. Mm-hmm. Now, wherever they raise funds to fund their activities, there must be clear and very, very strict laws that will make them what? Account okay. to their states as yeah. to where they are receiving money from. We don't have that in place in Ghana. We don't. Now, again, if you follow the American elections, America has solid laws states-wise and even in the country at large as to how political parties and candidates can raise money and the sources they can raise money from when it comes to funding their political activities. We need that in Ghana. And until we have that, political parties will receive money from several places where they cannot what, where they will not account to us the people. Uh-huh. And that will inform the decisions they make when they come into power because those people will not give money to you for free. Those guys are businessmen. And when they uh-huh. give money to you, they expect you to actually pay them back when you win power. Now, there are people who sponsor both NBC and NPP. So whoever wins, they expect be yeah, to, to, to have exactly. So when you win, you cannot just say that well, I win and then I'm not going to pay them back. Definitely have to pay them back. So until we have that system in place, where political parties are going to be accountable to us, where they raise money from, then it's going to very very well problematic in these political parties, even doing what they say they will do with the limited resources they will have at their disposal when they are elected. Then again, you raise an important issue with the amount of monies they have to pay Mm -hmm. to qualify as candidates. Now, I think it is outrageous, in my view, the amount Mm -hmm. of money we pay to to, to pick up forms or nomination to run for president in Ghana. Okay, So, again come back to the point I make that if you expect them to pay that amount and political parties are non-profit making ventures, then they will have to fall on people who help them raise the money and they will have to pay these people back. So what we must actually do is that the amount that we are putting in place for political parties to pay must be reasonable. It shouldn't be too low so that everybody will run for president, I think that's what they are trying to prevent. But okay. it shouldn't be too high, so that people will also have to resort to a lot of places. So many places to raise money before they can run for president. You must actually address that. Now, until we are able to achieve that, we will have inflated budgets in Ghana. Now, you mentioned something about minimalism. Okay, huh? in Ghana, I make this argument that what we actually spend on our needs uh, is actually a very minimalist budget. But these budgets are to be bloated to pay political debts. Mm -hmm. Now, the winning party cannot put in their budget that they owe Mr. Kweku Frempon 50 million Ghana CDs for the amount he paid to us when we were running our campaign. Okay. So then, if we need 50,000, if we need fifty million to construct the Accra, um, in or Accra, Suhum Road. Mm-hmm. We have to give that contract to the same Mr. Kweku Frimpon and okay. pay him a hundred million dollars for him to use 50 million to construct the road, which is the actual amount we need, and use okay. the remaining 50 million to clear the debt, offset the debt that we owe him. Okay. So Ghana is actually in theory, we are practicing a minimalist regime, but we are spending because of the lack of financial structures to check political money raising and then political party was expenditure. Until we're able to put laws in place, we can never beat this particular command. Oh,
2: okay. So I, 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 and I feel I'm not, I'm the kind of person that's a regulationist guy. I- I will break every rule that exists. It doesn't matter what rule it is. But I feel then they need to be regulations, or let's say money cuts, cuts as to how much money you need for your elections, because it's almost as if every incumbent has flashy stuff for their campaign. Yeah, I, I don't,
0: every, no, you know. No, so, so huh? Please go ahead. So, so, so the idea, the idea is not really to regulate the amount of money they can raise. Mm-hmm. I personally also do not believe in that. What I believe in is political parties should be transparent. Now, if they are transparent and we get to know where their monies are coming from, then we will know that if these contracts are going here, then it is because we want to, they want to offset a political debt and not really because the person actually was deserves to be given that contract. Okay. So that's what we must. That's what I'm. I'm, I'm saying we should check. So, for instance, um, one person pays a political party 500 million Ghana cedis to run, and that person is given a huge contract, we have to ask ourselves, why is that person being given that contract? And you see people argue that, oh, well, maybe the person is competent. You see, huh? in every democracy, ethics is as important as law. Okay. So, a person who has funded a political party should in no way be given a political contract. It shouldn't happen. Huh? Now, someone will say that why should, why should we prevent a person from, if he's competent, why should we prevent him from doing that? The problem is what, it's what encourages. What it will encourage is that it will lead rich businessmen to invest in political parties to reap from power, which should not be encouraged in any political dispensation. So what we should do is that political parties should disclose where they are raising their funds from. Mm -hmm. Who actually is paying? Which organization is supporting them? And these things should be public knowledge. There should be information that will be disclosed to the public. So you know persons who sponsored this political party's campaign. Okay. Out in the, in the, in the developed world, they do fundraising. Someone donates 2,000 Ghana cities. I'm sorry, 2,000 dollars. Someone 5,000 dollars. Someone 10,000 dollars. They put all of these monies together to raise, to, to, to raise or to fund their campaign. That's what we should encourage in Ghana. Not necessarily to put a cap on what they are doing, but to ensure transparency. And that's what's going to help us monitor people who are giving contracts and even the amount of money spent on, 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 on these contracts. And that's how we are, We can only encourage minimalism in Ghana.
2: My typical worry is people who sponsor these political parties. You realize that they're saying that there's no free lunch. There's no one, no one, like no one has ever given you a free lunch. (laughs) So, I don't know how to read, but there's no free lunch. So, um, it ends up pushing people who are not supposed to be in particular offices in office, and I think that's where that's where we we have um square pegs in in, in round homes. There are people who Mm -hmm. have never written application letters in jobs who they know they can't really function well or can't function better. And it's still, still are other because, I mean, there's one person who knows someone who gave a quantum right. amount of money to a, a political party. And I think um, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's one thing that we
0: need to really, really look at. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. We, need, we need to look at that. You see, and, and one, one thing that we need to also understand is that giving positions and some benefits to people who have helped me, um, it's not something we can change. Uh-huh. It's not something that we can we can totally eradicate in politics because politics is also hinged on trust and loyalty uh-huh. okay But what transparency in raising of political funds will help us do uh-huh. is that it will encourage people investing in political parties not because of personal benefits but for societal societal benefits. So okay. if again, if you look at the developed world, People who believe in funding abortion, pro-abortion laws, fund political parties which believe in that ideology. Okay. Now, if political parties are transparent, that's what we will see. So you will find a group which may call itself um, Greater Accra Pro-LGBT um, Association. And if they believe a political party is inclined to passing laws that will encourage LGBT. They will raise money to support that political party. Okay. Now, if that political party wins and that political party wants to send a bill to parliament, that political party may look at that particular organization and choose two or three people from them to lead maybe the drafting of the bill, to lead the sponsoring of the bill and all of that for the bill to get to parliament. So here we will see transparency in the doing all of the, all of these things. We must understand that whenever something is shrouded in secrecy, even if it is being done in good faith, it raises doubts in, in, the, in the public uh, public mm-hmm. opinion or the public domain. So we must always have that in mind. If we encourage transparency in the way political parties raise funds, it will be immaterial who they actually appoint into political space. It wouldn't really matter. The only time it will matter is if the person they are appointing is not competent. And as for that... You do not need that political party which is making the appointment to think twice about it. Trust me, the people we need to speak against it will be you and I and opposition parties. That's why we need a very strong opposition party. We need very strong CSOs and we need a very strong um, civil activism group in the country to keep governments on their toes to do the right thing. If Ekufoado is appointing people from his family. To be, to be in positions. Ordinary, that's what everybody who is appointed or who is chosen will do because he trusts those people to do a good job. If we think it is wrong, we must keep a good on his toes. and this time, that does not sit well with, the, with, 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 with us and therefore look at it and then change it. Okay. You get it. Until we get to that particular point, this thing will continue. NBC will win and they will also choose or appoint families exactly. or friends exactly. to each. Exactly. So we yeah. should make politi- uh, raising our political funds transparent and we should we the people in the country should keep the political parties on their toes when it comes to choosing people. Oh,
2: okay. I'm going to come back to that but now there's a question
0: Is going to really ride for multi-party politics. That that, that that's, that's an interesting question but yes I'll say yes. Okay. Now people people think and I've also held that view for a very long time that um, democracy in a way which is Multi-partisan—it's not helping Ghana. I I held that view for a very long time, but now I've
2: shed of that view. I had that view till I watched the um, Trump-Biden debate, and I
3: had to just—yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. If 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 you look at our political culture before democracy, you realize that even choosing of our chiefs was in itself multi-partisan. There is no community in Ghana where chiefs were chosen by one person. There is no community in Ghana. Even though it was not a popular vote, there were still few people who were given the mandate to decide on what, to, on who to choose. And among these people, it was usually a majority decision. So there may be five elders who will sit to choose, including maybe the queen mother. And out of the five, three will choose Opeyin Kwesi. This, this, and then that means Kwesi will be the elected vote or the nominated chief. So even though we were using a more traditional approach in choosing our leaders, in a way, there were bits of democracy in the choosing of our leaders. Now, and there was a bit of multi-partisanship in the choosing our leaders. Now, the problem with not having multi-party democracy is that it will lead to an autocratic regime. Mm -hmm. Now, no matter how much a person is as a saint, power corrupts. Was where accurate. power is absolute, where power is centered in one person, the person may have the noblest of all intentions, but there is a possibility or there is a high possibility that person will take decisions which are not of the interest of the people. Now, Aristotle said something which is very, very interesting. And I think it was backed by St. Thomas Aquinas, his book when he was theorizing about the politics of the state, where he said that in every society, what, what he, call, he calls that a community. In the community, there are people with different aspirations, but they come together to choose a communal aspiration. Okay. Okay. Now, there will be a point where what they want to pursue individually will conflict. Okay. That is when we need leaders to settle this conflict. Oliver Wendell Holmes puts it very well when he says that your right to swing your fist ends where another man's nose begins. So in your pursuit, in your pursuit of your interest, there will be a point that if we allow you to go on, it may affect other person's rights. So we need leaders. Now, these leaders are a duty to be accountable to the people. Okay. Now, what multi-party democracy does is that it makes parties accountable to the community so that if power is given to you and you are not doing what we want we will take you off and put someone else in your place. Now if power is, is left in one particular person and there is one political party in Ghana, that political ideology is what is going to shape Ghana for the rest of our lives and society changes over the course of time. So when society is changing when ideologies are changing and only one political ideology is ruling Ghana, there is a real tendency that development will be stifled. So we need different ideas from different political parties to lead Ghana. Oh, that okay. is one. And that is and then there is also a dimension of accountability. By we having an option to remove you from power and bring that person on, one way or the other, you will feel accountable to us. Now, the only problem with our system in Ghana is that we, the electorate, fail to keep the political parties in check or the governments in check until it's election time. That's the reason why they defer accountability to elections. Now, let me me, me be very blunt here. There are several policies the NPP government is putting in place now that they could have put in place when they won power a long time ago. Of course. But the argument is that if they had put it up at that time, Ghanaians may forget. That's the argument on the streets. Mm -hmm. And during election time, it may seem that they they did nothing. Now, the other aspect of it, too, is that there was no pressure on on them to do all of those things at that time. But now, if, because they feel that if they don't do it, the NDC will have something to balance and say that, well, they did nothing. Okay? Do you get it? And therefore, we are a better option. So now, let's do it now, and then get the Ghanaians to remember this and vote for us now. So multi party democracy is very important to make parties accountable but we ghanaians should not defer accountability to elections help political parties will take us for granted we should keep them accountable from the very well go from the time they win power that's what we should actually be doing so we cannot we can never we should never actually choose to want a one party system nkrumah in in the 1960s demonstrated that we should never actually vouch for that what Nkrumah did during the 1960s is true. Nkrumah had a very good understanding uh, of our political landscape and had very good policies and intentions. But because of one political party system that he declared with the CPP, let's look at how he abused power and the rights of the people. He should never, ever actually vouch for that. You should oh, never okay. actually vouch for it. Oh, okay. Okay, sure. So I think um, what...
2: what um, um know I saying, just fits right into I, I agree with him in, in practice and, and in theory because if it's going to be a one party thing, let's look at Kodi um, even though it's a multi-party thing we, we in Ghana still see it as a one party thing, so imagine if we were yeah. a, a, a one party, I mean you would just be hearing gunshots everywhere because so I,
0: I believe multi-party system let me say this Now, one reason why Ghana has been peaceful Uh over the years is because of multi-party democracy. Now, a country which is divided on religious lines, Uh divided when it comes to political lines, Uh mainly because of ethnicity, we should never, ever want a one-party democracy. Now, if you have a one-party democracy, and let's assume it is NDC, I can promise you that 10 years from that time, Ashanti region will seek self-determination. They want to break away from Ghana and form their own state. If we have MPP being the only party we have in Ghana, it will take less than 10 years. Voter region will want to break away. Now, even in a multi-party democracy, the voter region feels, some part of the voter region feels left out. And they are even seeking to secede from Ghana. So we should think about that. If we if we if Ghana ever con- had the one party system, civil wars would have been very 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 predominant in our country. So we shouldn't ever ever actually um, hope to have that in, in Ghana. Oh okay okay sure. So um uh
2: so no one let's listen to Rusty and I'm, I'm sure we can pick his okay. specific and, and zoom right into the nation. Sure. Welcome to the show, bro.
4: Yeah, uh, uh, wait. My submission is not actually a question, but an, more or less like a contribution. Uh, Noah was talking about electorates uh, making politicians accountable to them. Uh, you know, with, what I can say is uh, for accountability and the issue of corruption about politics and People not having so much interest in politics because they feel, uh, none of the governments or none of the political party seems to be doing the right thing. It's about, I would say, how we go about our things. When I say how we go about th- our things, I want to, I talk about sometimes what we as electorates or as people we expect from politicians, uh, it sometimes make them, uh, corrupt. Okay. Before somebody will come to par, or before somebody will attain par, uh, think of the amount of money that the person will have to pay to people like during their process of be- uh, before coming to par and. When they attain power, you know, all these monies that were being paid, it's obvious they would have to uh, find a way or means of getting them back. Uh, a clear example is I once uh, visited a past MP in where I am currently, that is the the street. He was an NDC MP, right now he's no more. We visited him and the first person that I asked, uh, the person that I went for, uh, with was the man, where is his house? Like, I wanted to see his building, like his property. Uh, these kind of things abroad, they don't really uh, think of this. They think of what uh, the politician will be able to do for them. But then uh, we, as Africans, mostly we think of uh, property aspect, what this person after power, what he had, and even if you are not able to amass wealth, people would tend to I consider you as, excuse my language, so, so okay. our practice that we are engaged in makes the politicians a bit corrupt. And for that matter, it makes it very difficult for them to be accountable to us because they believe the least that they do, as Noah just said, uh, we are now in election time and things that could have been done earlier, they had to wage to do it now, for us to at least have that kind of uh, memory about what they are doing. So, I believe with our system and our culture of doing things, honestly speaking, it will take time. We will get there, but not now. It will be some years. And the key thing is about education, should just okay. try to educate ourselves about politics and I know with time you will tend to get the whole idea of politics, but then until then, you just have to hope. Okay, sure. Thanks a lot,
2: bro. Thank you so much. Yeah, so um, that was Rusty's um, contribution. So, Noah, we want to zoom into the roles that um, stakeholders play. Just as what you were saying, I have a practical scenario in where I live. There's been this gathered up, everyone knows. We need to to the Gata. I mean, the assemblyman, everyone knows. And there are people in the community, myself included, and no one has made an, an effort to. I mean, no one's even had two people standing there thinking about the Gata. And I pass by the Gata every day to church. But then the MP, now our MP is um, actually in term oil because she feels she's almost on the verge of uh, I mean, losing their seats. And then all of a sudden, there are people in, in the Gata breaking the ground trying to. Make sure the gutter is is um, being deserted. and so, so all of a sudden yeah. there's, this, there's this guy who who wants wants to go for an independent candidate, and he's been living in this same place like almost um, his his whole life, and he's been passing by this gutter all the time. And all of a sudden, because he wants to go for a position, he also wants to do that same the of the gutter. And then I look at I look at them all the time myself. I look at myself. I look at them, and I'm like, who are we? Who are we cheating? Because uh, if there's going to be a spread of my, uh, mosquitoes. It's gonna affect us, and then now we are we are like, it's like we are waiting. This person is waiting for when he feels the edge to be a leader to start doing something. The leader is waiting for when it's, when it's election time to do something. And I'm who I want to going for any position, and I'm there just watching. So what are the what are some of the things that we need to actually do, irrespective of whether the government does it for us or we? They don't do it for us. What are the, some of the
0: things we can do? Okay. So, um, like I said at the, at the beginning, I think somewhere at the beginning, uh-huh. we need to we need to understand one thing as Ghanaians, okay. that we must understand the politician from the position of a politician. A politician okay. does things that will make him stay in power. Uh-huh. So, if you were a politician, there was a Gata that needs desulting. Uh-huh. What are you going to do? Secondly, let's also look at life from the point of view of the citizen or the person in the community. Now, I'm saying this because in the mind of a politician, what I will spend my efforts on is what is going to give me the vote to stay in power. Huh? But in the mind of a citizen, what I expect from the po- politician is for the politician to do things that will help me enjoy life as a citizen. So we citizens must understand that in the making of decisions that affect us, we are as important as the politician. In, in many, in many areas, many areas in Ghana, the citizens resort to complaining when it's getting to election time. That is the reason why the politicians also resort to acting when it's getting to election time. Because for the first three years, the Gata is not deserted. No one is speaking about it. And you know, most of our politicians are armchair politicians. Mm -hmm. They just commute from their houses to parliament, from houses to their offices, and they barely see the community. Because some of these people, we must bring these things to their attention. You get it? And bringing it to their attention should be not just in an election year. We must do everything possible to get them to know, and this is the problem. And this is the reason why we voted for you. That's what we should actually be doing. That's what we should make them unpopular. If they are not what doing what they said they will do. They will do okay. In my in my area there was a there is no let me even use Abilingi as an example. I usually go to Abilingi. Now there were very bad roads in Abilingi. I think in East Legon too they faced that particular issue. Now when the former MP died and his wife was contesting. in a space of two or three days. Almost every road in Abile MP was done and tarred. Okay. I don't blame the politician, but the politician asks for votes. So if this is going to give him votes, then that's what he will do. So if the politicians are not doing their job, they, they are not accounting to us in the way that we expect them to, then it means that something is preventing them from acting. And it's because we are not putting them on their toes. So we should make sure we make the politician know that, hey, these people are looking at me. If we do not make the politician feel that way, the politician will feel reluctant or lazy in doing what he's expected to do. But the politician also has a lot of things to do. So Mm -hmm. on a scale of preference, maybe that gutter is not as important as something which is going on in his life or some other place. So we must actually make him feel that this is important and he should address it. It's it's very, very sad that it has to come to that. But individuals must also understand that we have a very important role to play in politics. And it does not end when we vote. After voting, we have a duty to ensure that our politicians actually work. Until we do that, we will continually see some of these things around. So I I, I believe
2: right from the day you put your your, your your thumb on on the sheet. You need to start putting people people. You start holding people yeah. responsible for their for their actions. Yeah. So um, no, thank you so much. But we're not done. Thank you. God willing, let's. We are going to continue this whole segment. But before we go, I want us to touch just a little on the youth in politics. Let's let's look at uh, the the new trend. I mean, growing up, we had only one television in our homes and. Every Sunday evening, my dad was watching Token Punch. You, you you dare not change the channel, and I mean it's, it was just one television in the house. And I got no interest in politics. But now you realize, you see how the youth are in politics, and then now there are some youth in politics who know better than their their daddies and their mummies. Do you think it's is a new yeah. wave, or, or or you think it's just oh come on, this is want to do anything? Let's just jump in and also I mean benefit from it.
0: So it's 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 actually both. Okay. It's actually both. Um I for one I always tell people that if there is any person who is going into politics and he does not have a personal benefit, I will never vote for him. I will never vote for anybody who is who wants to lead and does not have any personal benefits in leading. That's his only reason for leading is to mm-hmm. be of service to the community. I won't trust mm-hmm. such a person. Every person who enters into politics must have a personal benefits, but then that person must also have values that will impact society positively. Now, most young people are entering into politics now because politics is lucrative, so no doubt about that. But there is also a very large section of these young guys who have good things they want to contribute to society, so it's a balancing act. There are some whose sole purpose for entering into politics is to, is to make money. Those are the people we, we have to cut out. And those people, okay. we cut them out by making sure they are accountable. But some of them may be very smooth talkers. They may be very nice people who may convince us to vote for them. But when they get their mandate, because their only reason is to make money, they may not do whatever that we expect of them. But it's our duty to keep them on their toes to account towards, to us, or do things that will be of benefit to society. But we should never ever shun people who want to do politics because they have a personal benefit in politics. We should never shun them. We should actually encourage people to have that gusto, to lead. People should actually feel proud leading. That's what that's we're what, asked for, and I think we should, we should encourage it. Now, politics is very appealing to young people mm-hmm. because... Um right now because of education also. Now, education has made people aware of themselves mm-hmm. and being aware of yourself shows you your abilities and the things you can do. And whenever a person gets to know his abilities and what he can do, automatically that person will feel a need to place that ability at the doorsteps of his neighbor or of okay. his community. And putting your abilities at the doorstep of your neighbor or your community is leadership. Okay. And that's why a lot of young people now who have gone to school, who are now great thinkers or who are entrepreneurs now feel that, oh, then I have to, I want to help my community. And to help your community, you need power. And the biggest avenue for you to have power is politics. That's the reason why most young people are entering into politics. That's the main reason. So politics is lucrative to young people because most young people feel that now they are self-aware and they have something to contribute to society. It does not belittle the fact that the venture is also lucrative and then people also want to get in there and enjoy some benefits. So it's, okay. it's both ways. Yes, that we must find people who balance both.
2: So that is it for this week's episode. I hope you got much value from it as we did here. If you did, kindly leave us a five-star rating everywhere you get your podcast. It helps the show get to more people as possible. And also follow us on any of our social media pages at The Two On The Show. Thank you so much and I'll see you in the next episode.